Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse number 27. And I'll just ask you to hold that place if you will because we're going to be uh, looking at a few scriptures here in this 32nd chapter and uh, pray that God would just touch us, strengthen us, and help us this morning. Jeremiah 32 and 27, the Lord makes a statement and then asks an all-important question. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And then he posed a question to Jeremiah, is anything, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for me? And so from that question, I take my text and subject this morning, and that is, is anything too hard for God? I believe we could just answer that in our own heart and mind today and say, no, nothing is too hard for God. But let's take a journey together and just let some of these truths and principles be underlined in our lives today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the privilege you've given us to be in your house one more time. Thank you for your presence, this divine feeling that we have, that we're not alone here today. You've gathered with us, and for that, we're eternally thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing today. This chapter begins on the brink of Jerusalem's fall. If we could perhaps just paint a little bit of a backdrop for you today, we would see that the Babylonian armies have arrived and Jerusalem has been surrounded and a siege of all sieges are about to take place. For God's people, defeat was imminent. It seemed inevitable because the Lord said, I've got to take you to a place to get your attention. I believe that all of us could say individually that God has taken us to places at times to get our attention, <laughs> our undivided attention. However, we should never underestimate the power of God. And so as we consider the Lord, his position and his power, then we would have to really resoundly say that there is just no one like the Lord. No one like the Lord. I, I, I'm not attempting to sound trite today, but there is just no one like the Lord. He can give us exactly what we need when we need it. He understands that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so he is not going to form and fashion the answer to your prayer like he would me. He is going to tailor make it and speak something that only our ears would hear and our eyes would see. Because he is God, he is omniscient. That means there is nothing that God does not know. Because he is God, he is omnipresent. That means that there is nowhere that we can go that God is not. So wherever we find ourselves in, whatever situation, we have to understand that God 
is there. And uh, because he is God, he is omnipotent. That simply means that there is nothing that God cannot do. He cannot and will not have his hands tied at the, at the circumstances and the situations of life. However, as we encounter this question in our text, there are some interesting things that I think we should consider about this particular question. This question was not asked of God, and this question was not asked about God, and this question was not even asked to God, but this question was asked by God. The Lord of lords and the King of kings said to Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? In truth, this was not the first time that God had posed this question to mankind. In the book of Genesis chapter 18, it's here that we find God talking to Abraham about the seed that was going to be promised to him and that he would be the father of all nations. And of course, if you know anything about this particular setting, we understand that there was at this time no seed of Abraham. There was no seed of Abraham and Sarah. And because Sarah overheard this conversation, this, she laughed. That's what the scripture says. I, I don't know if that was a hearty laugh or if it was a chuckle. No matter what it was, she laughed and God picked up on her laughter. And it was that laughter that prompted God to ask her, in essence, the same question that he asked Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, if we fast forward to our text today, we find God asking Jeremiah this same impending and imposing, if I may say, question. Of course, Jeremiah, like you and I, already know the answer, but it's in this passage, I believe, that we can discover some wonderful truths about the Lord. There's nobody quite like the Lord. Amen. There is no one that can touch us quite like the Lord. I, I'm very thankful. Uh, I'm very thankful for everyone that has ever served in my life for a season or just a moment to be an encourager because as a little boy said one time when his father said, we're just gonna pray and talk to the Lord about this, the little boy said, but dad, sometimes I just need somebody with skin. <laughs> and I think we've all, we all understand that. There have been times we just need somebody with skin. I'm thankful that we can pray and I'm thankful for those people with skin that have encouraged and, and enlightened us and given us words that helped us along the way. But I'm gonna tell you, there's nobody that can touch us quite like the Lord can touch us. He knows exactly how to do it. The Bible teaches us in this particular passage of scripture that there is no promise that God will ever make that he will not keep. He understands how to make promises and God knows how to keep promises. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jeremiah 32 and 22, the Bible says, thou hast given them this land which thou did swear unto their fathers to give them a land that is flowing with milk and honey. And I would just remind you today that when this promise was made, it was made in the book of Genesis. It was made all the way back in the book of beginnings. There was a long period of time between when the Lord said to Abraham and even his father that if you'll get out of where you are, I'll take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. 
there were a lot of dips and valleys and there were a lot of hairpin curves and there were a lot of unanswered questions along the way. But I want you to understand something that when God makes a promise, he will keep that promise. Amen. I say to you, oh Lord, today, the things that you have whispered into my spirit, I don't want to lose sight of that. I don't want to lose hope in that. There is no promise that has ever been unkept by the Lord. He uses the word swear, which, uh, which is, indicates a sacred oath or a promise, to make a promise. I would tell you today that in scripture there are 8,810 promises of God. Amen. 8,810 times there are promises made in the word of God. Of those 8,810 promises that are made in the word of God, 7,487 of those promises were promises that God made to man. Amen. Are you catching my, my drift today? That God doesn't just make promises to the wind, but many of those and a vast majority of those were made to man. And so I will tell you today that God has kept his promise and God is keeping his promise and God will keep his promise. God kept his promise not only to those of scripture but God kept his promise to those generations before us. Amen. The Lord said I will do thus and so and you know what? He did. He was he was good to his word. He stood by his word. He is keeping promises today. In the very hour in which we live, God is still in the promise-keeping business. And so with the assurance of what he has done yesterday and with the confidence of what he is still doing today, I'm gonna wake up in the morning. Amen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rise out of that bed and plant my feet on the earth and say, God, what you have promised me in this day, you're going to give me. He said, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Whatever you encounter, whatever you cross, I will give you what you need for that day. Amen. I'm thankful to be serving a God that knows how to keep his word. The promises of man. If you deal with mankind very long, you're going to find that the promises of man are yes and maybe. And sometimes yes and no. And sometimes not even a yes. But the apostle Paul reminded us that the promises of the Lord are yea and amen. Or in other words, if we put that in our language today, the promises of the Lord are yes and let it be are yes and so be it and if God said it then we can go ahead and start writing the check if God said it we can go ahead and start digging the foundation if God said it we can go ahead and stand and declare it because God is in the promise keeping business hallelujah there is no promise unkept by him the very credibility and the character and the conduct of God is on the line. Either he keeps all of his promises or he doesn't. And the fact of the matter is that if God doesn't keep his promises, then all of us are without hope. But I'm gonna tell you today, we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry because God keeps his promises. God's not dependent on me. He's not dependent on you. God didn't depend on whether or not we were here today to show up. 
Amen. You know what? It's hard to hard to think about. I don't want to. I, I don't want to devalue anyone here. You're important to us for sure. But I want to tell you that if you had decided to just roll over and stay in bed this morning or stay home, do you know that church would have went right on? The spirit of God would have moved right here, and lives would be touched and lives would be changed. So God is not dependent on me, and He is not dependent on you. But can I tell you, we are depending on Him. Amen. We are depending on him uh, of course I'll just say this from a pastoral point of view I don't ever know who's going to be in church I don't know what circumstances may allow someone to come may prevent them from coming but I'm going to tell you today we come in faith that someone will be here but I will tell you this morning I would be the most miserable man on the planet of the earth if I thought that I had to wonder if God was going to be here I don't know if the Smiths are going to be here or the Joneses are going to be here I don't know if this one's going to be here or that one's going to be here but I'll tell you I do know that the Lord said if two or three will come together in my name I promise you I will be in their midst and so I got ready for church <laughs> I got ready for church this morning I didn't know if you were coming but I knew he was coming I and you got ready for church you didn't know if I would be here today but we knew that he would be here because God keeps his promises yes he does in fact, so much so that the wisest man in all the earth, Solomon said in 1 Kings 8 and 56, he said, according to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word. According to all that he has promised, Solomon said he's never failed one time. Not one time has he not come through. Not one time has he been late. Not one time has he failed. There's nobody like the Lord because God knows how to keep his promise. Amen. I'm thankful for the power of prayer and through the years, I've been very transparent about my own prayer life. And I only do that because I want you to understand that you're not alone in this. There have been times in prayer, my own personal prayer, that I've no long, I'm, I'm just scarcely started in prayer before it just feels like God has commissioned an angel to come right there in that room, lift me up and take me to some spiritual galaxy, and there we just hang out a while. And then there are other days. <laughs> that I feel like I'm in a cocoon and everything I'm saying is bouncing right back in my face. Every prayer, that every word I'm uttering is just, getting, is just getting caught up in whatever it is I happen to be kneeling over and praying. Amen. But I'm going to tell you I've got confidence in this that there is no prayer that God does not hear. Whether God allows me to feel those that warm, tingling feeling or weep when I'm praying or speaking a heavenly language while I'm praying, whether that happens or whether that doesn't happen, I'm going to kneel in prayer with this confidence that there is not a prayer that I would ever pray that would go unheard of him. Amen. I'm going to tell you that it is an insulting thing when you feel like you've been talking to someone and they haven't been hearing you. They haven't been listening to you. Anybody ever tell you, you need to listen to me? You need to be a better listener. Amen. There's not nearly enough married folks responding right now. Amen. And there's enough conviction here to give an altar call, like camp meeting style altar calls, what I'm talking about. 
Amen. But you just sit there and keep looking pious, but I know better. Amen. We have all been guilty uh, uh, of not listening. We've all been guilty of not hearing those things that we should have been hearing. But I'm going to tell you what Jeremiah said in chapter 32 and 21. And he said, he has brought forth thy people Israel out of the land of Egypt. He said you brought them out with signs and you brought them out with wonders and you brought them out with a strong hand and you brought them out with a stretched out arm and you brought them out with great terror. Hallelujah. That might not mean a whole lot to you if you're just reading Jeremiah 32 and 21. If you just peel your Bible open and you just put your finger on that one scripture and you can just read that and say well that's nice but if you want to really get the power of this message Go back and you read about God delivering Egypt out of their bondage. I'm going to tell you that they were down to nothing. But the Lord said, I want you to go borrow and I want you to get this gold and the silver and I want you to get the costly garments and I want you to be arrayed. And when they came out, friend, amen, they didn't look like slaves. They didn't sound like slaves. When they came out, they came out with a high hand. Jeremiah proves that there is nobody quite like him. Can you say amen? There's just no nobody there's nobody like him not only not only because there is no promise unkept by him but it's because there's no prayer unheard by him i'm going to tell you that we often think about the children of israel and we think about them in Egypt and in their bondage and in their slavery but have you ever stopped to ask yourself what was the catalyst what was the component that finally propelled them out of those centuries of, of bondage and slavery into absolute freedom what was it that caused God to finally turn and turn the hand of their oppressor I'm going to tell you that the, the catalyst behind their deliverance was one thing and that was prayer God heard their prayer and God answered their prayer I just want to take you to this moment in time if I may Israel was worn out and they were beaten down they had no weapons they had no leader they had no resources they had nothing amen they were just common slaves they were at the beck and call of those that were had a rule over them but in the face of all they did not have in the face of no weapons in the face of no leader in the face of no resources in the face of no strength they were all amen and in addition to that they were up against the greatest and the mightiest nation in all of the world but in light of these facts it would seem like there was nothing they could do. It would seem like this is it for us, the end of the line. This is where our lineage will die and this is the seed, the ground of which our seed will die. But we're told something interesting. In the book of Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23, the Bible says here and it came to pass in the process of time. Amen. Can I tell you sometimes there is a gap between our prayer and there's a gap between our prayer and the answer. But just keep on praying and just keep on petitioning and believe in God. It came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And I want to tell you today that how they were delivered and why they were delivered. Amen. Was because of the God that was answering their prayer. God heard their prayer. It made its way. Hallelujah. It made its way. God heard their groaning. 
And he granted their petition. However, the story does not end there. Jerusalem was now besieged by the Babylonians. The city was completely, utterly surrounded. And yet, despite these facts, God told Jeremiah that the Babylonians were going to be victorious. Amen. He said, you're going to take over the people and you're going to tear down that they were going to take over the people and they were going to tear down the city. In the midst of all of these prophecies of doom, shall we say, amen, the Lord is saying to Jeremiah, amen, the Babylonians, they're going to win, they're going to prevail and they're going to take over the people and they're going to tear down the city. But God spoke to Jeremiah to do one of the strangest things to do at the strangest time in history. In verse number seven, he said, Jeremiah, I want you to make a real estate purchase. I want you to buy that field. Amen. That was a strange thing to do at a time like this. But that's what God said to do. And friend, that's what Jeremiah did. Amen. In fact, we see why Jeremiah stepped out. We may think, well, he's lost his mind. We may think, Jeremiah, what in the world are you doing? Why are you buying the field? But I'm going to tell you that when Jeremiah stepped out and bought that field, he bought that field predicated on some powerful things of God. Amen. He bought that field predicated upon two words that the Lord just kept saying to him again and again and again and again. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 32, if we were to consider verses 37 through 42, now I'm not going to read all of them today for the sake of time, but I just want to read those that are applicable to my thought this morning. I'm going to read those scriptures right here beginning at verse 37. And the Bible says, I will gather them out of all countries. In verse 37 again he says I will bring them again unto this place. I will cause them to dwell in safety. I will be their God. I will give them one heart and I will give them one way. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will not turn away from them. I will put my fear in their heart. I will rejoice over them to do good. I will, he said, I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. I will bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. I will tell you today, if you count, you'll find some 11 times that God said to Jeremiah, you buy this property, you buy this field, and here's why you ought to buy it, because I will, I will, I will, I will. I say to you this morning, I wonder what would happen if God just so sovereignly moved in this service today, that we heard his audible voice walk up and down every aisle, if he just started marching in this building, and the Lord was saying, I will, I I will, I will, I will. I don't believe we would be sitting down. I don't think we'd have our arms folded. I don't think we would be wondering what time we're gonna get out of church today. I don't believe we would be wondering how long this is gonna last. If God kept saying, I will, I will, he walked by you and the questions that are in your heart, he said, I will. He walked by you and the peril that's in your life, he said, I will. And if God walked by you and did and to deal with the sickness in your body and said, I will, I believe it would be something to be ignited about. I believe it would be something to get on board about. I will, I will, I will. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. 
Amen. Jeremiah, if you buy it, I will bring it to pass. And so he stepped out on I will. It must have been at this moment that Jeremiah remembered those two key components that God keeps his promises and God hears our prayer. So if you need something from God, Amen. You need to do, and you need God to do something for you. And if you prayed and desperately sought God for a breakthrough in your life, I've just got something I want to tell you today. Don't give up. <laughs> Amen. Please don't feel like you're in a pet rally this afternoon. Amen. This morning, I'm not trying to just stand here with a little spiritual pom pom in my hand and rally you to some false uh, sense of security. I'm going to tell you that God can and will move in your life. Just don't give up. Amen. To those who don't faint, it's to those who remain on their feet. Amen. To those who stay, to those who stay alert. Those are going to be the ones that receive the reward. There's nobody like God because He hears our prayers. Amen. I want to tell you something about prayer. Amen. When you when we pray a prayer, it's kind of we're just really prone to think this, and and certainly uh, we live in a society in a culture that that uh, seems to sustain this thought that we are we want something now there's an expectation of of asking and receiving an expectation of ordering something and, and getting that and we get it quickly and we're 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 encouraged when we get it quickly i ordered something a couple of days ago on amazon it was supposed to take two days for, to get to the house i ordered it late one afternoon and the next day it showed up on my house and you'd have thought the lord had just done something mighty in our house. I just kept holding it in my hand saying to my wife, I just ordered this last night. You want to know what it was, don't you? <laughs> nope. Amen. It's none of your business. It was coffee for those who for those who will not get a nap unless you know it was just it was just coffee. But, you know, sometimes it's not just coffee if you need coffee. <laughs> and so there's no prayer that's unheard by him. He hears and answers our prayer. So we've got to understand there's just something about God that hears and answers our prayer. But there are times when we pray and we have this mindset that, that it ought to be here in a couple of days. God ought to take care of this by next week. God ought to iron all of this out. Two things that we should consider and perhaps there's more but sometimes when our prayer is not answered, it's not because it's unheard. It's because it's not time. And I've lived long enough to know this, that had God answered some of my prayers when I thought he should have, I was woefully ill-prepared for that. God, even though I thought I was ready, maybe. But God said, I've got to take you through a few more things. I've got to temper you. I've got to season you. I've got to try you. And then there are other times like we find and read in the book of Daniel where Daniel prayed and for 21 days his world was silent. And finally an angel of mercy comes and says, I just want you to know something, Daniel. Your prayer was heard the moment you prayed it. But there's been spiritual warfare that's been going on that has prevented this prayer from being answered. And I'm telling you today that, that the reason we shouldn't give up on our prayer and think that just somehow God has taken the day off is it may not be time, 
or there may be some spiritual warfare that is going on, but I'm going to tell you that I'm going to continue to pray about that, and I'm going to believe and trust God because I know that God is going to bring what I need when I need it. Amen. Finally, if we look in this scripture, I want to read a few verses from 17 to 19. Jeremiah says, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Thou showest kind, loving kindness unto thousands and recompense the iniquity of the fathers unto the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. Great in counsel and, in, and mighty in work for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways according to the fruit of his doings. Now, I believe that there's obviously more things in common for all of us, but we perhaps have two things in common, and that is if you've lived very long and if you're alive today, you probably have a few problems. Our smiles hide a lot. We nod and we're not trying to be untruthful when we say everything is we're going everything's going well but but in life life has problems and and some of those problems are problems that we can we can resolve we can fix that it may be something physical we can take care of that or natural i mean that we can take care of but also all of us have problems that only god can solve all of us sitting right here right now in this very moment if we just freeze time right here We've got situations in our life that if God doesn't fix it, there's no hope. If it's sickness, then it's, it's just we'll take God to heal it. If it's sin, then only God can forgive it. If it's sorrow, he is true sorrow. He's the only one that can bring comfort. If it's some things, we're just gonna need God. We can take any problem we have and bring it to God and, and that makes all the difference in the world because God knows how to solve problems and that's why I believe that the songwriter of old perhaps penned these words that says, God, any rivers you think are uncrossable. God, any mountains you can't tunnel through. God specializes in, in things thought impossible. He does things that others can't do. I don't believe that song was written by someone that said, hey, I think these words rhyme. <laughs> I believe that was written by someone that was facing an uncrossable river and staring at a mountain that he didn't think he could tunnel through. And somehow God whispered those words of hope. He penned them. Amen. And we have them for the ages. He's God and there's no one like him. No promise unkept. He hears our prayer and God can certainly solve our problems. I'm going to ask our musicians to come if they will. Through the years in Scripture and beyond, writers have tried to describe or even capture the essence of who God is. Of course, artists have done their best to capture the essence of Him, but perhaps words have done best. Some have called him the ancient of days. Another, the altogether lovely one. Some have referred to him as the beloved or the bridegroom or the bright and morning star, the day star, the deliverer, the exalted one trying to somehow bring into focus the power of God, the fullness of God, the great I am, the good shepherd, the great physician, the high priest, the healer, 
the Redeemer, the kinsman Redeemer, the incarnate Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Some have called him the living bread, the light of the world, the Messiah, the master builder, the prince of peace, the redeemer, the rose of Sharon, the rock of ages, the seed of a woman, the way, truth, and life. The wheel within the wheel, Ezekiel said, the alpha and the omega, beginning and the end. But when we have all exhausted our vocabularies and when we have all turned our encyclopedias wrong side out, what we have to come to the conclusion at the end of the day is this. There's just no one like God. How would you compare him? To what would you compare him? <laughs> the Lord's reply to Jeremiah affirmed what he told him in the past. He said that the city is heading for certain destruction because of the repeated sins of the people. That just, that just seems to be the nature of humanity. God does something marvelous and man forgets. The children of Israel are scarcely out of Egypt's bondage. And they're faced with the Red Sea. And they're faced with bitter waters of Merah. They're faced with no water. They're faced with many, many things. And all of that didn't challenge their faith as much as it challenged their murmuring. Didn't change, challenge their faith as much as it challenged their doubt. The Lord said this is going to happen. And so the sin of idolatry had provoked the Lord. And now the only solution was to put them in the land of Babylon. And he said if idols are what you want, then idols are what you're going to get. And you're going to get your feel of them. Amen. God just has a way of saying, we're going to get this out of your system. We're going to get this out of your system. Some time ago, I preached about the demonic of Gadara in Mark chapter 5. Many years ago, I was preaching from that passage of Scripture and found something interesting in study. If you remember the story, the man was possessed with demons and Jesus delivered him of those demons and cast those demons into swine. The swine ran and, and went off a cliff and into the sea and drowned. And the economic impact of those losing their swine caused murmuring and grumbling in the city and among the townspeople. And they asked the Lord to leave because they thought more of their pigs than they did the man that was delivered. I read later that that region of the world is infested by pigs and, and, and pigs you know if you know anything at all are very destructive and they will ruin land to the point that a crop cannot be raised and so when I read that it was like the Lord said to them you want pigs I'll give you pigs many years ago now it seems that the, that the trajectory of our nation took a left turn towards sin and perversion. And it's almost like God is folding his arms and saying, okay, if that's what you want. And we're watching things that used to only play out behind closed doors in the stillness and the darkness of night play out on Main Street at noonday.
And frankly, there's many in this building that think, did not think you would live long enough to see what's going on in our nation. Not only is it going on, but being embraced. And so God is saying, if this is what you want, then I'm fixing to let you have this. God, help us to not resist the word of the Lord. Help me, Lord, not to refuse to obey your law. Because if I do, I'm going to have to accept the consequences. Amen. The Lord affirmed to Jeremiah. He said, it's, it's bad, but it's not lost. God promised, I'm going to gather my people together. And if you know the story, you know that God did save a remnant. And he kept his people. And I will tell you today that no matter what's going on in the world, we don't have to go that way. No matter what's happening in our society, the church can st still keep itself unstained and untarnished by that. God will keep us. Amen. God will keep us. I think today that as we stand, I think the application of this scripture should be obvious. More than just a few of the people in the world laugh at us concerning our faith. They may mock our investment in the future when we talk about heaven or hell because that seems to be two things that have been removed from the vocabulary of our world. But I'm going to tell you today that I'm not going to give in to their jeers. I'm not going to give in to their mockings. I'm still going to keep saying this world is not my home. I'm, ju I'm just passing through. And no matter what we face, I understand this, that one of these days, God is going to vindicate his people by his word. He said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Amen. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to bow my knee now. I'm going to confess now. He is the Lord in my life. Amen. Let's worship him. Let's magnify the Lord together in this house. Thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.